0: Hello, this is Mindy Joy with Revive Your Soul with Mindy Joy Podcast, and I want to show you an example today. Um, It's actually more than an example. It's my real Bible immersion, um, my personal raw take from my Bible reading this morning. I read a portion every morning when I get up and today was Ezekiel 40 and 41 and First John 2, 15 through 29. So I first want to just give you an example. God will speak to you and speak to me where we're at. And we don't have to compare ourselves to somebody else. And I'm saying that to say this is a lot of numbers and measurements in these two chapters. It's about the vision of the new temple and it goes into like exact measurements and cubits and breasts and reeds and measurement tools and I need to see a picture like I'm that kind of human and other people they're like look it up what is that today and and they get it some people are numbers people and I love numbers people because I need them immensely because I'm not and I'm going to give you two examples of, like, two sisters, one in my church and one who's um, a friend back east in um, Bible for Food Ministry. And the sister from Bible for Food Ministry was telling me that when she ministers to somebody and witnesses and she gives them a Bible, she literally will write down the date so they can read the Bible through the year, like starting with Genesis. You know, she'll write down the dates of the Bible reading Um, schedule, like on each page of the Bible, like, I'm just throwing this out there like, say, like, Leviticus chapter 2 should be um, February 25th or something and, you know, 2024, like she she will go through the entire Bible I'm looking at my ESV Bible that I used this morning, this translation, and it's over 1,000 something I don't know, it's like 1,144 pages like that is so much love that I mean, I, I would be going nuts, like I'd probably be losing my pages more and not as focused on doing numbers things. And um, then there was another sister at my church. And she had like a master's degree or something in library science. And for me, that's like Almost up there with going to jail. If you were to put me in a classroom for one day about library science, about categorizing and using numbers and measurements and all these things, my brain just doesn't go there. So I don't just skip the parts of the Bible that has all these numbers and everything because I know he has a message for everybody in every scripture in every which way. So when we do Bible immersion, um, I was taught by... The person who created Bible immersion, that we see what what does this bring up to me? What what is God maybe saying for me? Or today, what out of the scriptures that I'm reading um, is a message for me to get to know God more? And then too, when you hear it um, audibly, you hear more the um, pronunciations of the names. And as you keep reading the Bible, and not just reading it yourself, but getting under teaching like. After you read it and you journal on it and you get with God, okay, God, what are you saying to me? Or even questions like God, Jesus used to teach by asking a lot of questions. So questions about the Word are really good. And there's an actual website that says got question. I think it's gotquestions.org org, something like this. And and a lot of the questions are in there, you know, in there, um, on that website. You could type in the question and and they've actually covered it. So. Um, There's lots of wonderful commentaries and things. It's really great to get under a good Bible-teaching church so that you can um, learn and grow and have a teacher to teach you. And we're going to read today in 1 John 2.15, let me go there, where it talks about, um, but the... This is verse 27, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. I just want to address that right now by saying that you do need someone to teach you. I am not contradicting the Bible. This whole portion was about you do not somebody, if you're in the word of God and you're sensitive to his voice after time, you do not need somebody to teach you that somebody is from the wrong spirit, that somebody's from the Antichrist spirit, or somebody, you don't need help from somebody else to identify that to you. You, it's pretty obvious that somebody denies Christ, or you think, you know, you have a friend or a new friend, and they're like, yeah, I love Jesus, and then, You know, three days later, they're mentioning all these other gods and they said, well, they all, you know, are equal, you know, Jesus and Allah and Buddha and Krishna and um, all this stuff. And um, it's not. It's, it's not all like Jesus said, he's the only way. And right there, you know, it's not that the person might not have some wonderful qualities. And it's not that they are not a creation of God, but they are not a child of God. And the Bible talks about there's an antichrist spirit. Um, and that's not like. Putting somebody down—it's just a fact. You're anti-Jesus. Jesus was about—he—he said it. He's the only way. He's the Son of God. Um, there was only one way to get saved. No one can see the kingdom except through him. You know. So it's—it's it's contrary to that. It doesn't really take a lot of time in the Word to. and to know Jesus, to get that part, and that no one needs to teach you about that. doesn't mean you don't need a teacher, because in Ephesians chapter 4 says that, um, you know, he gave gifts to us, apostles, prophets, teachers, I'm not maybe saying it in the right order, um, evangelists, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, yeah, I think I covered it all, so... All these people are like, gis us because they need to help us understand. I don't know about you, but like with me, when I go to the gym, I like the fact that, you know, that this gym that I joined, they have like free classes with a trainer to show me how to do that equipment. Because if I keep doing the same equipment wrong you know, in the wrong position or in the wrong posture over and over again, I'm going to have a problem and it's going to be maybe more detrimental than me building muscle. So, you know, we do need teachers. Um, So anyways, I am going to, this won't take long, but this is from the Mindy, just being raw, just another sister in the Lord, not being, you know, a scholar. This is how you can start to enjoy Um, and just read the Bible and actually get something of it for yourself. So, vision of the new temple. Um, In the 25th year of our exile, at the beginning of the year, on the 10th day of the month, in the 14th year, after the city was struck down, on that very day, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me to the city. Now, I got a lot out of that. This is what I'm going to tell you. So, they were exiled for 25 years, right? Um, And um, on the, on a very specific day, you know, what is your very specific day? God's very intentional right now, as I'm speaking, it is 640 AM in Pacific time, um, California time. And it is November 28th, a Tuesday morning. Um, and, and what is God saying to me right now? Well, just this little part, it's like, even though I'm a little groggy, um, it's cold outside. It's like, I've got something very specific for you today. It's a day you've never seen before. Just keep with me. Keep sensitive to my spirit. Keep open to my voice. Pray every minute that you um, that you don't know how to do something, how to proceed. If you're worried, um, come to me in prayer. Um, if you need wisdom, I'll give it to you. And the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind, you know, I will strengthen you. I have a lot of scriptures I memorized that I will strengthen you because, you know, it's intimidating. Um, I go to a very um, majestic church. It's very beautiful. It has a lot of history. I go to an amazing church in Los Angeles and, you know, I work there too. So I need... The Holy Spirit, because I can look to the left and right to me and compare myself to people or go, wow. And it just seems so huge, you know, the responsibility and the awesome opportunity to um, work and do my specific assignment in a church like this. I mean, I've been there for over 35 years and that never grows old. And it's because the presence of God is there and I'm reverentially fearful how I do my job, how I treat people, um, and how I'm productive. And that doesn't mean I don't know how to do things sometimes or, or, um, you know, that I, I, it's a work in progress of some of the assignments I may be working on. It's like, okay, you know, people who do writing, it's many drafts that you go through before, um, before you hit, you know, the one that is done, but it, so it just, I don't know why I got off on that. <laughs> but anyways, I need the Lord all day long. So it's the 25th year of their exile. Just think I like if I was kicked out of LA, just kicked out in a foreign land somewhere. Um at the beginning of the year on the 10th day of the month in the 14th year after the city was struck down. So not only have I not been in LA for 25 years, my home, everybody I knew, the way life was, um but now um it's been 14 years there's not even going back to that city. It's destroyed. It's destroyed. Can you even imagine? I remember when we had the riots in, I want to say 1994, but I'm not sure that's the right year, but it was the early 1990s. And when we had the riots in LA, and my husband and I were scheduled to go to Hawaii like the next day that it started. So while we were flying, Um, while we were like watching the news and on a vacation in Hawaii and everybody in the airport, you know, that was going to L.A. was just all around like crowds to the TV monitors. Like, I was like, do I have a city to go home to? Because the way they made it on the news was like, you know, um, South L.A. was just burned down. And a lot of, you know, a lot of businesses were. But our church, even though businesses to the left and right of us were burned down, our church wasn't touched. It stayed, you know... It stayed just as beautiful as it was, so... Um, but I know that feeling of, like, do I have... A city to go back to. What did they do to my homeland? You know, so this is what this brought to me. And thank God, you know, right now I can thank God, like my church was still standing through all that, through earthquakes, through everything. Nothing um, hit our church. Um, and it's an oasis. It's been known as like a quote unquote oasis to our community. It's a safe place. It's a place where people can come and, you know, find a private school for their kids, where there's music, where there's free counseling, where there's free prayer, where um, we have times when we feed the um, community. It's a place of love. It's a place of the anointing of God. It's a place where God is honored and people are respected um, for being um, either God's creation or God's um, children. So that's what that made me think about. So, see, I'm only on verse, um, I'm only on verse like two. In Ezekiel chapter 40, and the Lord brought all that out of me before I even start my day. In verse 2, it says, in visions of God, he brought me to the land of Israel and set me down on a very high mountain. Okay, point. (laughs) High mountain. That's where, in Jerusalem, they used to worship the idols on high mountains. But here, um, while we were just known that the city was destroyed, this is a vision. God is giving him a vision and brought... Ezekiel in this vision to a very high mountain on which was a structure like a city of the south and we're reading on this was a very beautiful temple like there's a lot of hope in this vision because it's not what what was what was happening then was that um, pagan nations have taken over Jerusalem there was not worship on high temples but Ezekiel is seeing a vision that 14 years after this city was destroyed 25 years after the people were in exile this he sees this vision and when he brought me there behold there was a man whose appearance was like bronze with a linen cord and measuring reed in his hand and he was standing in the gateway so i'm not sure somebody probably taught this and i forgot was that the lord what is it called epiphany there's a i wanted to sound smart but i forgot the word it sounds like epiphany but it i don't know is it like you know the lord jesus or was it um was it an angel but um we do know that he was brown skinned. Um, he his skin, whose appearance was like bronze. I, I'm imagining ah. that was his, you know, his skin. Ah. Um, ah. Just point with a linen cord and a measuring reed oh, in his hand. So he's ah. measuring things. Yeah. He's weighing and measuring, um, and he was standing in the gateway. So God is. Very specific and intentional. He knows what day, what minute. There's a scripture that says he knows the hairs on our head. Which is really crazy because when I brush my hair, like hairs fall out. So the hairs on my head are, and then new hairs grow in. So the hairs on my head are always changing. You know, it's always changing. And then nowadays there's like, you know, fashionable styles, you know, where you, you um, can shave patterns in your head and everything. So God knows all of that. And he knows every cell in our body. He knows every atom in our body. He knows the um, the length of our colon, which is I think is supposed to be like, oh, was this some some like crazy, was it six feet or I don't know what it was, some huge amount that doesn't make any sense to me or whatever or our DNA strands or something are like bigger if you were to measure them or uncoil them. I don't get it. You're probably like, what? She's got all her facts wrong. All I know is that... There is a statistic, and you scientists can confirm that that something my colon or my DNA strands or something are like taller. If you were to just un, like put them all in a line, is like taller than my whole body. I'm only like a little less than five feet tall. So, um, so he says, uh. He says, In visions he brought me to the land of Israel and sent me down on a very high mountain. I like when he he says, In visions God brought me to the land of Israel because I'm that kind of girl. I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer, not a numbers person. I'm a dreamer. So I need numbers people in my life to ground me. Um, And he sent me down on a very high mountain, on which was a structure like a city to the south. Um, When he brought me there, okay, so we talked about um, the man... Who looked like bronze, and the man said to me, "Son of man, look with your eyes, hear with your ears, and set your heart upon all that I shall show you." So he says, um, "Look with your eyes." So God is telling me today. This is what I got out of this. For Mindy, he says, um, I'm a daughter of man, I'm a human, (laughs) look with my eyes what he's going to show me today, hear with my ears what he's going to show me today through his word, through his spirit, and set my heart upon all that he shows me. That means when he shows me something, it's for me to receive it, to sometimes share it, but often to intercede about it and always to work on it. He's going to show me something today. He's always showing us something. Um, You know, we go from glory to glory. He's always showing us something, but we have to first be open to see it with our eyes and hear with our ears. So what distracts us from us? That self-centeredness, thinking about ourselves, thinking about our problems, um, thinking about how we're measuring up, thinking, you know, thoughts of, um, competition with other people, um, or just worry 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 um distraction wanting to it's like you then the next step is like okay worry um Compet you know competition. This is too hard. Instead of going to God and saying, "God, what do you have to say?" And then when you read the scriptures, like you stir yourself up, happy, like I can do all things through God who strengthens me. Okay, God, how do you want to use me uniquely? Because we are all unique in this situation to produce this work today. And whether you work in a church, whether you work in a business, whether you work in the performing arts, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, there's something you know that He wants you to be successful in today and to conquer that's what he does we're more than conquerors through him who loved us that's what he does he makes us conquerors he makes us warriors to be victorious you know we're victorious First um, John 5 4 he made us victorious in all things you know through his son Christ Jesus so that we can you know, give him glory that we can be, you know, his hands and feet on this earth and be counselors of peace and instruments of problem solvers. That's what he's doing to us today. But first we have to look with our eyes like a detective. We have to watch and pray. The Bible talks about looking like watching, look out for your neighbor. How can you love your neighbor if you're not even aware of who's to the right and left you? Cause we're so in our head. And then after we get so in our head, then it's like we want comfort, you know, because in our head is not a happy place. So then it's like, um, unless you're distracted with arrogance and pride, and it's a false, you know, thing, um, um, or you're, we're somebody so far gone in sin, there, you know, it talks about that in I think Psalms and Proverbs that some people are so far gone in sin, it's a sport to them, like that's that's creepy, but um, but I think like for example we've all been there and then but we don't want to admit that <laughs> but that's what sin can be and so so anyways what what is the next step from that distraction is seeking comfort and then we do something we shouldn't do we go to the vending machine and put some sugar to kill some more brain cells when we need all the brain cells we got or we um you know we go find somebody to gossip about whoever we're comparing ourselves to or whoever we're intimidated by or whoever we work for or whoever works for us you know we we play that game and waste time on you know or we um take a nap or we play a video game or we like let me just watch youtube and laugh or let what's on youtube today huh did i get anything on facebook today you know all these like stupid little things that we do you know to distract from the discomfort of what we see and what we hear but after god shows us things um you know we have the we have the privilege and um of have enough healing today that we have those of us who have vision and who have hearing today um That he says, set your heart. Now we got to set our heart on what he's showing us, not what the devil's showing us, not thoughts, ideas, and suggestions, but what is he showing us right now. Um, And he says, for you were brought here, you were brought here, my sisters and brothers, I'm speaking. You're here is where you are right now. Wherever you are, you were brought here, whatever your address is, wherever you are at work or at night or wherever you are listening to that, you were brought here in order that God might show to you and declare all that you see to the house of Israel. So that's you're to declare. God is going to give you, I don't care if you're called to be a prophet or not. God has made all of us, in a sense, hear how I'm saying this, prophetic, to encourage somebody else to. Or to see something in other people that they can't see themselves. And it's very simple. It's like easy peasy kindergarten Christianity. Because let me just think about it. Okay, we have two eyes in our head, right? Um, Our eyes can only look out. God, If we were supposed to think about ourselves all the time, God would give us eyes that we see inside of ourselves all the time. But he shows us the Spirit of the Lord examines us, and we have to ask him to examine us. We're not capable of, except through the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit, except through the, the Word of God measures. You know, the Word of God is our measuring stick. How am I doing today? You know, we should be thinking every day of what we need to repent of, not in a morbid way way but it's a very repentance is a very beautiful thing because you get free of things and then god says he he says he forgives you like right away and he cleanses you and what happens after that he shows you great and mighty things to come he shows you about what he wants you to do and it's always exciting the things of god you think you know worldly fun is fun being in the lord is the most funnest adventure every day is different your relationships i mean you know, you get together with people, the laughter, the joy, you know, you find that you can have laughter and joy without making fun of other people, without saying cuss words. But that kind of laughter and joy is just the peace that is with it. It is capital F, capital U, capital N. It is fun, family. It is so much fun to be in the Lord. It's more funner than anything. It's funner and I have experience in all this stuff. (laughs) It's more funner than drugs, alcohol, a piece of that giant piece of chocolate cake um with your favorite ice cream um followed by um you know an italian or barbecue dinner it's so much fun so i'm going to end this podcast and continue it in another podcast